Are you listening to A Dose of Black Joy and Caffeine on Apple Podcasts? Well, if you are, please make sure that you leave us a review. Now, of course, we would love five stars, but if anything, we want to hear how you are enjoying the show. Now back to A Dose of Black Joy and Caffeine. Let's dive into it. If you're good to go, (laughs) I'm good to go. And welcome all to another episode of A Dose of Black Joy and Caffeine. You know, I have to tell you that this has been an exciting season, and particularly this week. You know, each week we have a different topic that we're kind of covering. And so this week we are focusing on business leaders that are dynamic and that are changing um, just kind of the course of um Climbing the corporate ladder, shall I say. On today's show, we have Corey Lipsy, and I'm super excited to have Corey on the show. Me and Corey, we actually met, geez, I want to say, uh, maybe well, like, Corey, what do you think? 2017, maybe, I think. It yeah. was, uh, where were we at? It was New Orleans. It was for <laughs> America. The yeah. big easy. <laughs> yes, man. At America and just a great time. But outside of just instantly um already just like admiring, I think Corey's um energy when it comes to business and when it comes to also just um education, Corey is a talented strategist with over 10 years of experience at building innovative client solutions and optimizing customer-driven experiences. As I mentioned, he is very enthusiastic, but also his enthusiasm and curious and curiosity has really led him to be focused on global market expansion and fintech innovations. As the vice president of global business development and strategy at City, Corey actively collaborates with internal and external partners in strategy development, deal structuring, negotiation, and project implementation. So you can already imagine that he is a busy man, and that's a little bit about what we're also going to talk about today. (laughs) Corey received his MBA from Howard University Business of School in Washington, D.C. Yep, you know, concentrating (laughs) in international business and strategic management. His passionate global citizen, he's a passionate, excuse me, global citizen with emerging market experience as a former consulting fellow with Africa Foresight Group. So we can't wait to dive into that. And in his free time, Corey enjoys art on the weekend, staying active, traveling, and of course, a good brunch. Corey, our brother and my friend, welcome <laughs> to a Dose of Black Joy. Thanks for having me? me. Thanks for having me. Happy to be here. Happy to be a part of this. You know, I think this is a a great platform to just showcase all the good things that are happening, you know, all across, you know, not just the country, but the globe with, you know, people like us. I know, man. Listen, man, tell me about it. And, you know, let's let's dive into it. I mean, I think, you know, I read your bio. Mm -hmm. I hear what you're doing, but how do you remain, um, I guess, on task? Like, what's the Mm -hmm. best way that you kind of, I guess, stay focused by doing so much? Yeah, yeah, man. It's it's tough sometimes, you know, and, you know, when you're in an environment like this, you know, it's it's really triage, you know, everything's important. So mm-hmm. it's really trying to focus on, you know, what is what is the most important? And it just really comes down to just always asking questions, you mm-hmm. know, always being curious, you know, always making sure you're prioritized against what's important in the moment. And then just documenting, you know, even right now, I've got my, you know, my pen and pad over here, just in case you drop some, some knowledge nuggets that I can bring into the workplace. So, (laughs) you know, just, just having that, you know, continuous learner student mindset, you know, and it always keeps you on track with what's going on. That works for me, at least. 
Yeah, absolutely. I mean, do you kind of feel like that's something that you learned early on during your educational career at Howard? Yeah, you know, and Howard, Howard is a great experience. You know, it's a transformational experience, honestly. You know, when I was looking at, you know, MBA programs, you know, I was I was all over the place. You know, I was I was looking at schools all over the country. And I think, you know, when I went on the tour to Howard, they really, you know, brought it home for me. You know, you can you can learn how to read a PL at any school. You can learn how macroeconomics works at any school. It's not fundamentally different, you know, the education that you're gonna get. But can you do it on the same ground that Frederick Duggins walked on? Can you do it on mm -hmm. the same ground? where, you know, Stokely Carmichael started the Black Panthers? Can you do it on the same ground where, you know, Chadwick Boseman was just a burgeoning actor? And so they really do a good job of establishing, you know, your knowledge is a gift from the people who came before you and you're standing on that platform, which one day someone else will stand on to create their legacy. So really just building, building that mindset of, you know, paying it, paying it forward, paying it back. Yeah, man, absolutely. You know, I mean, first impressions are definitely everything. And I mean, like, you know, like you mentioned, I think the first time that we met was like 2017. To be honest, I, I think that, you know, we kept in touch with each other by way of LinkedIn and social media, but that could be a little flight, you know, fl fleety flighty at times because it doesn't really have that much substance. But I think what, you know, instantly kind of drew me to you was I just think your wealth of knowledge and education. You know, as you build and you continue to grow, I think, in your career and do so many things, how do you remain um, educated about just certain things that you want to learn uh, being a student of life? Yeah, I mean, you know, it goes back to what I was saying about being just a continuous learner. You can honestly learn from from any and everything. You know, I've always got a podcast playing in the background when I'm working on yeah. something. HBR IdeaCast is a great one for me. Just trying to think of different, you know, outside the box ways of solving these problems, right? And that's really how I've built my whole career is just being, you know, uh, a curious and creative problem solver that's looking to drive solutions that, you know, you can't find anywhere else. You know, honestly, you know, the cure for cancer is not a class you can take, right? Yeah. It's going to take some creative problem solving to really get that done. You know, providing renewable energy for, you know, 8 billion people without bankrupting the planet isn't in the back of a book, you know? Mm -hmm. So, so really, you know, I just try to pull different levels of insight from different people, different, you know, sources and try to pull them together in ways that could maybe move the world forward in a way that no one ever thought of before. Nice. I love it. You know, uh, I call this show a dose of black joy and caffeine. And I think that people don't realize how literal that is, but those are literally the two things that keep me going uh, during the week. Uh, what are the two things that keep you going during the week? Definitely exercise, man. The gym yeah. is my zen place. You know, after being on, you know, calls and meetings and strategy sessions all day long, it's great to just, you know, put the headphones in, <laughs> you know, pick up the weight and just, and just go to town. And I think it's also just a microcosm of just teaching you how to have, you know, that mental strength, right? Yeah. You know, I would say this to people who are first starting out at the gym, you know, is 250 pounds heavier is 250 pounds light. And the mm. answer is neither and both, right? You know, the weight doesn't change. You're the thing that changes, right? And so just having that mindset and taking it with you throughout life, right? You know, whatever's in front of you is a static, you know, obstacle that you will grow from as you overcome it. And mm -hmm. so, you know, just always reminding myself of that when I'm in the gym, like, oh, I really don't want to do this last set. But, you know, you get stronger and you grow from that. And that's how it is in life. Yeah, I think, too, you know, me, especially, I think the more responsibility that you do have, I think, as uh, a business leader or even in relationships or even with family life in general, you realize your non-negotiables, you know, in terms of things that you're just like not bending for. Uh, right. The gym is that for me. I'm like. 
you all can take literally everything from me, but this one is something that you just can't take. So I, I definitely, I definitely understand that. Um, I'm not at the 250. You know, you kind of made me want to. Step up. <laughs> I gotta step up my 25s now. But you know, hey, wait a wait a life flex on me real quick with the 250. <laughs> but you know, get it in. How you, <laughs> what's that saying? How do you how do you build a house one brick at a time? Yeah, listen. Yep, you're right. One five pound at a time. I'm gonna keep on doing. <laughs> Hey, man, but you mentioned music. I hate to put you on the yeah. spot. A lot of people have to look at their Apple Music, but what albums have you had on heavy rotation this year? Man, heavy rotation? I mean, I feel like I've been all over the place. You know, WizKids, mm. you know, Legos was a big one for me that I've still had in rotation. Um, you know, I've been listening to Drake a little bit. You know, it took me a while to get up to speed on the, you know, the dance vibes that came out this summer. That's not what I was expecting, but... <laughs> You know, sometimes it's not what you want, it's what you need. Yeah. You know, that was a good one. Um, and then just recently today, man, I had to go back and listen to Migos, man. You know, rest in peace to take off. That was just a that's a wild situation, man. We need to get these guns off the streets. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, I mean, when this show airs, um, it'll be definitely a little, you know, a couple of uh, be a couple of weeks out, you know, to be honest, because we do film the show early for those of you that are listening. But yes, uh, that news is uh, definitely took me back for sure. Um, and actually, like Infinity Infinity Links straight through banger. Mm. It's a banger. <laughs> it's a banger. That is my album. Like in the like well, in the, the gym and lift two fifty. That's the album. Yeah, that's the album, man. Yeah, that's the album. But yeah, I definitely agree with that, man. Um, I know on my end, Kendrick has really been an amazing album. Um, just, I mean, I think, you know, throughout. So that's good. I feel like music too, it, it just gives you the time to also like, you know, zone out and be able to take in um, and just be able to like to learn. So I'm a huge music fan. Um, absolutely. This is the the creativity of it all, right? You know, and I think one of the things I enjoy about, you know, art on the weekends and listening to music is just, you know, art's popularity is just inherently subjective, right? There's mm -hmm. not a two plus two equals platinum album, you know, model, right? Mm -hmm. So just having this, this mindset of you have to think differently about why people care about this and discovering what, what people value when they're, when they're attracted to certain artists, certain genres, certain, you know, music styles. And I think it just, it translates into work when you're trying to find common ground with people. You know, that subjectivity is ultimately grounded in a core belief that we all, you know, care about feeling good about ourselves. Mm -hmm. Is that something that you have always kind of been cautious about when it comes to you? Because even when we met at like, you know, at America, I even think I was like, what are you doing here again? Like, what happened? <laughs> like, I'm like, you're in a room full of like, marketing. I'm a dot connector, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But like, is that something that you've always been mindful of, of really trying to not say have this 50-50 split of like business mm -hmm. and creativity, but is that right. something that you try to be aware of at like yourself in terms yeah. of development? Yeah, I think, you know, when when I first came out of undergrad, I was a music business major. My plan was to, you know, get a job at Live Nation, move to L.A., be best friends with Beyonce. In that <laughs> what could go wrong? You know, of course, you know, life doesn't work like that. It took me in a bunch of different directions. But I think, you know, one of the things that I've sort of carved out for myself is, you know, grounding yourself in your subject matter expertise and mm -hmm. using that as a platform to create opportunities for yourself where you do stretch and you do have opportunities to grow. And, you know, when I, when I had first moved to DC, you know, I got an opportunity to, to link up with those ad two folks and, and they were really warm and welcoming and they, you know, wanted some, somebody to come and lead this, this project for them. And, and it was a great learning experience working with these nonprofits and seeing how they're trying to approach these problems with creative, you know, creative solutions because they don't have the money if they, you know, they can't, they can't approach it the way that a big, you know, a big nonprofit would. 
And so being able to infuse my path of coming from music into marketing, into strategy, into how we help these these uh, nonprofit leaders, you know, come into that space and, and approach their problems is what really led me to add America. And then I'm just a people person, you know, there's a yeah, lot of great sure. people, you know, from all over the globe that I still, you know, keep in touch with to this day. And so, you know, I'm grateful for that opportunity. And, and it's definitely something that I see as a through line through my career. I love it. You know, you mentioned like what they brought you in for, and you also talked about nonprofit and money. Um, mm -hmm. I think that a lot of times within the Black community, money is not talked about enough, as yeah. well as like financial well-being. Um, where do you start with that? You know, if you're somebody that is starting off really late mm -hmm. in your career, not understanding how important a 401k is, you know, mm -hmm. being able to really understand like negotiation, salary skills, yeah. what would you say is the best end to even begin starting, you know, your journey of uh, being, um, you know, just financially... Um, yeah, responsible and also educated. Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, money is sort of a, a double-edged sword in the Black community, right? It's it's simultaneously, you know, the goal while also being a taboo. And yeah. so one of the first things that you have to do is just kind of humble yourself, you know, and mm -hmm. just acknowledge that maybe you don't really fully understand how money operates in, in this in this environment, right? You know, I, and I was telling somebody this a few weeks ago, right? Like if, if you've been cooking your some, you know, a certain way your entire life and somebody came into your house and said, hey, you know, if you, you know, turn this knob here and push this button here, your food gets done half as fast, right? You wouldn't, you wouldn't really take that as an offensive comment. You'd be like, oh, thank you for the help, right? But I think sometimes when you talk about people's money, there's just this inherent, like, mm, nope, I got it. I'm good. Don't, you know, don't come for me that way. And so we just got to break out of this habit of being overly defensive about money, but also- <laughs> Don't put it on a pedestal, right? Yeah. Money is a tool at the end of the day, right? It's not your friend, but it can't hurt you. And so having that humility and coupling it with the amount of knowledge you have, you can really do some great things. You know, you first off the bat, you know, get in, get in control of your debt, you know, stop, you know, doing the pay by fours on, you know, PayPal or whatever the Klarna's, you know, get rid of some of that consumer debt, yeah. you know, and, and just start to understand a little bit of how the market cycles work. You know, if you could have, you know, Bloomberg playing in the background while you're doing another task, that's a really great way to just understand what's happening in the marketplace. And then, you know, I always treat market downturns sort of like a sort of like a clearance sale at, at Macy's. Right. You know, mm -hmm. say you've been you've been watching a sweater that you really, really want, but, it, you know, it's one hundred dollars and you can't afford that right now. And now it's on sale for 50. Now you can go in and maybe get two of them. Who knows? Right. Mm -hmm. and so just having having a more strategic mindset around how you want your money to work for you, because it is a tool at the end of the day. Yeah, absolutely. I appreciate you sharing that with our audience. Like I said, my audience range from anywhere from students that are just uh, entering into the industry to, you know, individuals that are C-suite executives to mid-level individuals that realize like, oh, wait a minute, I should probably have things figured right. out. So I'm sure that they're uh, really, really helpful that you shared that information with them. And let me just add my disclaimer caveat, you know, all oh. financial advice is yes, yes, yes. always seek you know, the financial advice of uh, an accredited financial advisor before making any investment decisions. Yeah, definitely. We have the disclaimer there. I also have always have that there for even like therapists <laughs> or anything like related yeah. to this. So yes, I do not need you all flooding. Right. Corey yes. told me to invest in Macy. No, like, <laughs> <laughs> no, it definitely doesn't work like that. Um, you know, this is Q4. The show is going to be uh, airing during Q4. I guess it depends on, too, how your business, you know, cycle right. runs. But for most people, it's kind of like Q4, at right. least the end of the year. Um, right. With that being said, you know, for 2023, if you had to rebuild your foundation today, uh -huh. 
in order to go into 2023. And I gave you three building blocks to say that the, the, these are the three building blocks that you're going to mm -hmm. rebuild your foundation for 2023. Mm -hmm. What word would you put on each one of those blocks in order to build your new foundation? Mm. Man, that's a good one. You know, and it's funny because, you know, I always try to reset my mind in January around something like this. You know, I do vegan January, you know, cut out all the sweets, cut out all the processed foods. See, um, I do that. I do it in December because I'm thinking like, I don't want to bring it into the year, you know? <laughs> no, because, you know, November and December, you're just eating crazy. That's it's true. That is. <laughs> yeah. My body right. just needs to break. But, um, you know, the first thing I would say is just curiosity. You know, mm. we were talking about this, the whole, you know, the whole chat, but just being a continuous learner you know, not, not getting, you know, overly confident in your level of knowledge, right? Because the amount of information you don't know, coupled with the infinite amount of information you don't know that you don't know, all mm -hmm. but guarantees that no matter what decision you choose, it's probably going to be wrong, right? Mm -hmm. So just, just have a little bit of humility with that, be a continuous learner, and just be curious, and take the knowledge you have today, do the best with it, and then do the same thing the next day. And then, you know, how that's how you build the house, so to speak, right? Mm -hmm. Kindness, kindness is the second one. Yeah. You know, I think I think COVID exposed a lot of just, you know, divisions in our society that, you know, were covered up with the niceties of having to go to work and, and be around each other and, you know, keep the peace, so to speak. But I think going into 2023 and just as a general life goal in, in, in general, you know, try to find common ground with people. You know, there are more things that connect us than divide us. You know, everybody wants to take care of their family. Everybody wants to be successful. Everybody wants to be cared for. And so if you approach everything from a perspective of how can we come together as opposed to how can we divide? I yeah. think that's a great way to start the year. Um, the last one, you know, the last one, this is one that I still struggle with from time to time, but it's a great one is authenticity, right? Mm. I think sometimes as a black professional, you start to sort of morph and, and mimic and pantomime some of your, your senior executives who maybe, you know, didn't come from where you come from or don't speak yeah. the same way you speak. And you think, you know, in the short term, I got to fit in to get in, right? But, you know, something happens at a certain level in your career where yes. the things that people look for are the things that make you stand out. And so if you can own that from the beginning and own your point of view from the beginning and be authentic with your voice, it takes you so much further, so much faster. Yeah, bro. Yeah, 100. Um, I think everybody's going to be able to do that. Also, it's exhausting. Like, I think that <laughs> even, I feel like, I feel like even if you, even if you're not trying to do that, right. You reach a point where you're like, I can't do it anymore. It's, it's you're like, I'm doing it. Yeah, it's just right. like too then you much. just snap on your coworkers one day, and I was like, <laughs> Oh man. No, well, listen. Yeah, you definitely don't want to do that. But no, that's 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 really really real. And so, yeah, definitely appreciate you sharing that. Absolutely. You know, I call this show a dose of black joy, and particularly this season, we're calling mm -hmm. the quad shot season. Um, because I kind of feel like people need, you know, just like their energy to be turned up when it comes to, you know, various different things. Mm -hmm. What is one of the things that you feel like people just need to turn up more uh, when it comes to overall society, how we're mm -hmm. operating? You know, I, I know that you kind of mentioned like post pandemic um, yeah. kindness is one of the things. Is that kind of what you will say that everyone should just kind of turn up a little bit more, have more kindness yeah. in general? I mean, I mean, I think one of the big things is just you know, that, that critical thinking, and, and I'm trying to find a, like a, a singular word for it, but just having some investigative integrity, mm -hmm. you know, there's so much knowledge coming from so many different places. You can't tell if it's true or it's false. Somebody's telling you to be angry about this. Somebody's telling you to be happy about another thing. And 
I think one of the greatest gifts we can probably give to the next generation is just teaching them how to take a step back, mm -hmm. take a deep breath, yeah. understand yeah. who's speaking this, why are they speaking it? Is there an alternative thought around this? Can I do a little research? Do you need an answer from me now? Don't allow the moment to control how you react. You know, mm. always, always be a leader, you know, control what you can control in and of yourself. Don't invent barriers or fake boogeymen to, you know, hold you down. Really own the fact that you have a mental capacity to, to discover what the world is truly about. Yeah. You know, um, I love having so many different guests on this show, ranging from all different backgrounds, just in general, because I hope that if anything, people not only leave the show learning more about business, marketing, um, mm -hmm. as well as like PR in the creative industry, but also just learning more about uh, the state of, you know, where people stand. This is a bit of a loaded question and also a heavy question. So I don't expect for you to have, you know, a direct answer, but you know, you are, when we first met, we were both mm -hmm. definitely at a particular age. Now mm -hmm. we are definitely at another, you know, particular <laughs> age in our life. Right. Um, I, I have this um, saying that I always feel my empathy level and my connection to Black men, also being a Black man, is mm -hmm. always going to be at a deeper level because I understand the, um, almost the invisible right. uh, barrel of bricks that are mm -hmm. on our shoulders that right. I think nobody sees and no one will ever understand. You know, um, you know how you're, when you're growing up, your parents always say, you'll never understand because you're not a parent. You know what right. I mean? That's right. just how I always feel, especially as, as I get older as a Black man. Mm -hmm. um, what would you say is the state of Black men in America today? Oh, man. I mean, in one word, misrepresented. You mm. know, I think I think there's still very much uh, a culture and a mindset around trying to just treat us like a monolith. You know, it's either the rapper, the ball player, or, you know, the wow. gang. So you don't think no progress? No, there's progress, but it's just not covered in a way that really explains how well we're doing, to be honest, right? Yeah. And I think, you know, when you look around and you see all the different ways that we succeed and it's not really expressed that way out in the mainstream media, you know, I would say that we still have a lot of work to do in terms of just allowing Black people to just be people, right? You know, mm -hmm. you're allowed to have a bad day. You're allowed to be a nerd. You're allowed to, you know, enjoy drawing. You're allowed to enjoy art. You're allowed to do things that maybe don't fit into the quote-unquote stereotype of what it means to be a Black man. But being a man is being someone who stands on your own two feet and is authentic and, you know, owns what you love. And so, you know, hopefully we can fix that with more platforms like this. Um, but yeah, mis misrepresented is what I would say. That's fair. Yeah, that's fair. I know something that I've just been more passionate about uh, personally, and I've always been like this, which is the reason why, you know, I've been involved with organizations like the AAF is just mentorship. I think that that's the other thing where it's like, you know, yes, you know, I'm grateful and thankful to even have my father in my life. But I think having those other black male figures, um, I'm, I'm trying to make it a point through relationship, through work, everything else that I'm doing just to also mentor. Cause I also realize, like, I don't know about you, but I really do feel like the more that I progress in my mm -hmm. career and also my life, I'm like, wait a minute, I, I need some more, I need some more guidance now. The air, the air is very thin up here and you-, you Oh yeah, man. The higher you climb, it's like, where, where are my mentors at? And then you realize, oh, I'm my own mentor. I am the mentor. Uh, yeah, I am you know? the mentor. You know what I mean? So but I definitely, I definitely agree with that. You know, that mentorship piece about just 
giving, and it goes back to that creativity, right? You want to give the next generation sort of a spark, a catalyst to say, you know, what you see on TV, what you see on TikTok is not the only path, right? Yeah. There's so many people out here who are doing amazing things that, you know, and I still think about this someday, is it, should I be posting more? Should I be talking more about it? You know, should I keep my head down and just keep doing the good work and, and you know, and good things will come to me. But, you know, fundamentally just having that, that mentor, that vision, that person you can say to, oh, they're doing something that no one around them ever did. I can do the same thing too, right? And then hopefully it becomes sort of a, a scaling effect. Absolutely. Um, I want to dive into a little bit, like I, like I said, you know, I think that for our listeners listening at home, I'm sure that they're blown away by your wealth of uh, knowledge as well as education. Um, where did you go to school for undergrad? I went to Grand Valley State University. It is a smallish, maybe 25,000 undergrads in uh, Grand Rapids, Michigan. And so it's actually a funny story. It was between Grand Valley State and Michigan State. I was a biomedical science when I first came out of wow. came out of high school, biomedical science major, you know, going to do the whole, you know, doctor route and everything. I literally, I literally feel like you, I mean, you probably know this, but that you could, you could do whatever you want because that's like jumping that's from- life. That's life. That, that's also, a, that's also, a, a, that's a blessing. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So it was between those two schools. And uh, for anybody who's familiar with the area, so Michigan State's uh, medical school is actually in Grand Rapids. So it was a financial decision. I said, okay, I'm going to end up in Grand Rapids anyway. I might as well go to the cheaper school. And then, mm -hmm. you know, you go to college, life happens, you know, I ended up changing my major. And, you know, here I am. You know, I think I still have an affinity for, you know, STEM in the sense of, you know, they're solving big global problems. But yeah. I think the thing that I learned about myself in college is just, I, I like the circuitous route. I like the road less traveled. You know, the voices that don't really get to be in the room that much because that's that's not the way it's done, mm -hmm. right? Quote, unquote, you know, let's shine a light on that. You know, these are problems, we talked about this earlier. These are problems where you can't just go with what's been done before. We have to figure out a way to get more voices in the room and hopefully we solve these problems faster. Yeah. Would you say that education as well as, um, or excuse me, going to college really helped you with your people skills? Or do you think that you've always had people skills from like an early age? I think I've always had an affinity for people and people skills. I think one of the things that is really an underrated value of college is you get to try those people skills out on people who don't think like you. You know, mm -hmm. a lot of times, you know, when your K through 12 experience, your friends are your friends because you get along. Your friends are your friends because they live next to you. Your friends are your friends because your parents are friends, right? Yeah. And so when you go out into the real world, you know, are you really as, you know, persuasive as you think you are? You know, mm -hmm. are you really as friendly as you think you are? And so, you know, having those real life experiences in sort of a practicum environment that is, you know, university, I think it does help you grow, you know, and I, and I even do it here, you know, in, in, you know, outside of school, you know, just having those exploratory conversations with people who, you know, you might not really come across in your daily comings and goings, but it ultimately helps you grow in it from a knowledge base and just from an empathetic perspective. Yeah, absolutely. I think that it's also helpful from just like a foundation level, right? Because it, it in your career, I think that it helps you get to where you need to be and where you want to be as, you know, as a senior leader. Um, right. But also, are there any times are you noticing flaws within you having people skills? Because also as a senior leader, that also means more people. Um, I know yeah. when I was working at Google, I used to interact and collaborate with anywhere from 50 to 75 people a day, whether that was by email, whether that was by uh, ping and what like what have you. How are right. you navigating that, I guess, as you continue to climb uh, the, the corporate ladder and obtain yeah. uh, bigger roles where you are interacting day-to-day -day with more people? 
I think, you know, one of the things you got to kind of learn is, you know, yes, it's important to build consensus, but sometimes you can be so focused on trying to make sure everybody gets their voice heard that you just end up not even producing anything that, you know, the end user wants or the customer wants, right? And so it, it's it's about finding that balancing act, really. And it's, you know, and it's a struggle because it's different for every team, it's different for every project, but yeah. fundamentally there comes a time when, you know, yes, we're all on the same page, but here's the decision that needs to be made. Some people are going to be upset about it, but I hope you respect me enough to know that it's not personal, right? Yeah. And so, and it, it just comes from building that trust with people. That's the one of the first things I do when I join a team is just, you know, there's there's intrinsic trust and there's earned trust, right? Yeah. And intrinsic trust is the trust you just have to extend out into the world to live your life, right? I trust that this car is going to stop at the red light so I can cross the street, even though I have no idea who's behind the wheel of that car, right? I trust that the milk in the grocery store isn't expired, even though I have no idea where it came from, right? That's the intrinsic trust that exists when you just work with people, right? You have to trust that they're going to do their job. But if you can find ways to sort of create that earned trust, that you know, that trust where we've been through the fire. I know what you're capable of when your back's against the wall. Yeah. I can go to this person, right? So if you create <laughs> micro environments of earned trust, you build a team that's so much more collaborative, so much faster. Yep. And so that's that's really been my approach throughout my career. And it's worked pretty well. I love it. I'm on the same page with you. You know, I think that that's what I realized too is the number one thing. I think when you're able to meet with those individuals and one, I feel like, established trust that they understand your working style and also understanding your expectations that kind of reduces and eliminates like 20 people from the normal like day to day and then the next part is you um really confirm uh, affirming and just uh, like you know validating those individuals and letting them know they have no insecurity about the trust level that you have in them to just do that that eliminates 50 more people, you know? So I think that there are definitely things where, you know, any, you know, people that are mid-level crossing into senior level, and I feel like whether it comes to management of 75 plus people or, you know, day to day, that though, I feel like that's fundamental to, to your growth. And it, it also allows you, right, to continue to grow and invest in your professional and personal development. Absolutely. Um, because you are then, you know, allowing other people to just flourish as well. So, yeah, absolutely. And especially, you know, in an environment where you're at this level, you know, it's not like I'm just saying, hey, go do that because I'm your man. And like, no, it doesn't work like that. It's a, it's a much more nuanced negotiation, building consensus around an idea. You know, these are people who have, you know, an equal voice just like me. So fundamentally, it's about finding common ground, but also answering to the customer first and foremost. Absolutely. I want I want to ask you one last question. Um, uh, and first and foremost, thank you so much for your time. I got I got to get to D.C. sooner than later because we got to Brooklyn now, man. But what? We can, we can oh. hit up D.C. <laughs> oh, my God. I've been up in Brooklyn for about a year and a half now. You know, what's funny. My move in date was January 6, 2021. That was a wild day for me. So wow. I'm, I'm packing up my apartment, getting ready to move to New York, and I'm seeing folks coming off the train with the, you know, tactical. Yeah. I'm thinking it's just going to be a typical, you know, I lived in DC for five years. I'm thinking it's just going to be a yeah. typical, you know, rah, rah, we're angry rally. I turn on the news at six o'clock after unpacking boxes. I'm like, oh my goodness, what is happening here? So wow. that was a, that was a crazy day for me. I guess it was the right day to leave DC. You know, God yeah. knew. Yeah, tell me <laughs> about man, it. No, I'm in Brooklyn now, man, but we could definitely hit up DC one time. 
No, I mean, listen, we could, I mean, we could do, we could do both. <laughs> Let me know wherever you at, man. Let me know. That's what I'm just saying. Even when I was going through my phone, I was about to like text you. I got to double check. And I was like, why don't I have his number? You know, right, right. <laughs> we'll definitely do that. But um, man, I'm, I'm super, super proud of you. Like I said, if anything, I had this podcast selfishly to let people know that I see them. I'm proud of them. And also for people to share their stories, but as you continue to grow and I'm sure that, you know, it, you, you redefine it probably every five years. Um, what do you hope uh, that people receive from you as a leader? Um, or let me rephrase that. What type of leader do you want to be? Yeah, I mean, I hope people perceive me as someone who's authentic, you know, goal oriented, mm -hmm. creative, you know, and I have a little brevity to me, you know, this it's not like we're always, you know, trying to build a fusion reactor or, you know, stop a meteor from hitting the earth, right? At the end of the day, the work is important, but you also have to make time for yourself, right? Yes. Have some humility, be, you know, a person who's continuously learning. And if, you know, you you exhibit those traits, I hope people see that in me, then, then you can go really far in life. Oh, man, that's beautiful. Corey, my friend, my brother, thank you so <laughs> much for joining me on the podcast. Thanks for having me, man. This is great. Absolutely. You know, I always like to give a disclaimer, as we talked about disclaimers, that... <laughs> You know, there's no expectation that Corey is going to add you on LinkedIn, Instagram, Facebook, whatever have you. I'm sure you all will try to look, Google him, whatever, however that works. But for the people at home that want to stay in contact with you or may want to ask you a question, what's the best way that they can reach you? You know, I'm a pretty personal person. You know, we can go, we can find some time on the calendar. You know, the best place to find me actually is LinkedIn. You okay. Know, if you okay. Shoot me a note, you know, Corey Lipsy, you know, just put in the headline, you know, heard your podcast. Let's chat. You know, like I said, I'm a people person and I love to learn from different perspectives. Awesome. Well, we'll do that. And also, too, you all can check out the notes because we'll include a social link to uh, Corey's profile in the notes. Once again, thank you all so much for tuning in. And please make sure that you tune in to tune in, excuse me, tomorrow. I'm so excited. I can't even talk. We're going to have another new episode. And as always, remember that you deserve a dose of black joy and caffeine. Until next time, I'm Adu. Take care.